is up, guys? Welcome back to Thirsty Thursday with Happy Hour Hoops, another podcast. It has been quite a bit. We've had a lot going on in this NBA offseason. Donovan Holden here joined with Jake Micah, as always. Jake, it's been a long time. It's good to be back on the mic and, you know, excited because just like that, we're inching closer to the NBA season yet again. Yeah, I feel like this is our like training camp day one practice. We're just showing yeah. up. We're both we're in shorts, we're in shorts and t-shirts and helmets coming mm-hmm. out here and just trying to trying to just get to go through. We're not going to hit on everything this this summer because this summer has been crazy as a uh, usual NBA summer. Not a lot of as big moves, but a bunch mm-hmm. of little like, you know, like how you're playing 2K and you go against somebody you're like, "Damn, I forgot that dude was out." There's going to be so many of those moments. Like damn, yes. that dude's on that team now. Like, oh, I forgot he was. On. I was reading today, like, like catching up, reading some articles about just like the off, full off season. David Aldridge has a great one on the Athletic where he kind of goes through all the teams, and there were some signings. I was like, damn, like I kind of forgot Kelly Olynyk signed with the Pistons. Like I was like, oh yeah, like yep. he has a ton of money now now with the Pistons. Delon Wright is on the Hawks now. Completely missed that one. I really liked like. I thought much higher of the Hawks just because of their DeLon Wright signing today. So there's just a bunch of little tertiary signings. We're going to try to touch on the big stuff, but just happy to be back talking hoops again. Mm-hmm. So, Dunny, we're going to start with our new segment here at the top. It's the story of the summer this week. And, Dunny, what is your story of the summer? What, what have you been most interested in following so far? Yeah, so the, the summer league, I mean, kind of as a whole – and we're going to we're going to get into that um in a little bit so i don't want to you know jump jump too too far into this subject but one of the points from there kind of one of my favorite is actually the emergence or the reemergence of leangelo ball jello mm. as they call him because i don't know I, the ball brothers have already just become such a great story in the nba so the the more the merrier i mean obviously lonzo is a respected point guard in this league. LaMelo had just the craziest, flashiest rookie season that you can really have as a point guard in this league. He's been dominating. And then Jello, he's back. Uh, he looks in much better basketball shape. He's back out on the court playing in the summer league for his brother's team, that is the Charlotte Hornets. And he had himself a few games. And uh, I, I, th- I think just watching that and, you know, watching the come up of Jello, him playing with his brother or him playing on his brother's team, LaMelo watching from the sidelines. Uh, it was just cool moments all around. He had a, a few big games. It's cool to see Jello back out there balling. Yeah, man. I never thought that the, uh, you know, everybody's talking about the ball family takeover in LA, like, or whatever. No, Charlotte, North Carolina. But it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Um, the way that LaMelo looked last year, like, let's, why not do everything to make that dude happy? Mm. When's the last time we've seen Charlotte, like, with a super-duper star? Like, they're going to have to do everything they can to keep that dude there for a long time. So bring in Jello, and he looks good. Like, he, did. he really doesn't look bad. He's got he's got enough size that he can, you know, probably not be, like, a sib defensively at some point in the league. So let's. I, ho- I hope he sticks on. It'd be good for the ball family agenda. LeVar would be really happy. Yeah. Let's complete the manifest destiny, get it going. Um, Summer League was fun, man. I think my favorite thing was Jalen Green just talking shit about the the Pistons and just starting this rivalry that we didn't know that we would need between Houston and Detroit. But 
he's taking all the shots at the Pistons for not picking him, but he was like, I wouldn't want to go to Detroit anyways. It's like, you got to pick one, but I understand not wanting to be in Detroit. I mean, it's not, it's not the best yeah. uh, compared to Houston. I mean, he probably seen Harden racking up numbers and he's just like, I need to be here for a bit. But what did you think about Jalen Green overall? And how do you feel about him? Like he's, he's looking like he's setting himself apart as one of the superstars, at least not, I, I, maybe on the court, still up in the air, but He's going to have one of those superstar personalities coming out. That's for sure. Yeah. He's like this year's Anthony Edwards, just an automatic a plus interview. When you get him on the mic, he's going to make you laugh. There's going to be a clip on social media that just goes viral uh, in Jalen green interviews because he's proven that already. But yeah, as far as his game, man, like his jump shot really, really looked better than I expected. Um, and, you know, the short stint, small sample size that we saw Jalen Green, he he was a better shooter that I at least remembered um, and watching on film. He, he looked good. He looked really competitive. I mean, yes, he's talking the talk, but he's also walking the walk on the court because he's getting it done. He's backing up saying that he thinks he should have gone number one. He truly believed that we got to see him and Cade go up against each other, you know, 1v1. And Jalen looked like the better player on that day when they when they played each other. So Jalen Green, you know, the the confidence impressed me. And then also, you know, backing it up on the court. I think he's, you know, a step in the right direction for the Houston. We have a problem Rockets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got Usman Gruba, too, who a lot of people loved mm-hmm. coming out. Had a tougher summer league, but. Yeah, they, they're they're taking those steps. Obviously, they got that the building block piece, and he's a guy that looks like he's ready to take on the franchise on his back. Whether it works out or not, we'll see. But he's definitely he's not going to shy away from it, and that's all you can really ask for with a top five pick for anybody like that. Uh, speaking about the other guy t- uh, that you were just talking about, Cade, Cade kind of looks like Cade looks like he has his moments where he's just clearly the best guy on the floor, and then he just kind of floats around. And there's times where you're like. I wish he was doing a little more in this moment. Were you, were you, I mean, it's summer league. And th- so the thing I always, I, I always try to just not react to summer, not even overreact, like just not even react. Like I try to yeah. like, I, in summer league is kind of like a, it's safer like, to I mean, do that sometimes. It's fast, yeah. And it's like fast food for your, like your rookie takes because you can just load up on some guy because he goes, plays three games and balls out and then he shows yeah. up in the league and he has no business being there. We've seen that plenty of times. But what did you think of the first impression of Cade in the in the summer league in his NBA debut? First, first impression was he looked a little lax. You know, I, I did yeah. I did see that he looked a little casual out there, and maybe that's because of the guy that we just talked about. I mean, it was if you're comparing the two, Jalen Green is just I mean polar opposites as far as how their summer leagues went. I feel like he brought the heat, the energy, the talk right away, and Cade. I mean. He had some good stat lines. He, you know, he had the highlight plays that he's going to be making on the hardwood in the NBA this season. But like you said, it was just, you know, a little lagged. My question for you too is: so, uh, do, are the Detroit Pistons planning on playing Cade Cunningham at point guard? Like, will he be their starting point guard, or is he going to play off ball? Yeah, man, it, they they can do a lot. Like that's a, they they set themselves up as like a very versatile team. I don't. I don't know if he's going to play point 100% of the time. I feel like maybe their their thought process is going to be we can take some, you know, ball handling off of him. We have another guy that can handle the ball on Killian Hayes. Like, mm-hmm. and kind of see how that develops and just 
one of those two guard, three guard system. I mean, we've seen that play out a lot. Um, Dwayne Casey had a lot of success with, you know, Van Vliet and Lowry in that kind of mold, playing them together for the first time. Nick Nurse kind of exploded that. And those two guys have a little more size. So I could see it going either way. I think he should have the ball. I think you should just give him the ball, give him the keys, and just let him go through the growing pains. But I can see the argument for kind of seeing what else he can do on the court. Yeah, just I guess the the biggest negative I notice is I feel like a lot of people are just considering that he's going to be this true point guard for Detroit, and a, a lot of people are labeling him that position. Which, granted, I mean he you know he can play point, he can be that primary ball handler, but in the summer league his his handle did look like it needed to be tightened up a little, and I just worry if they do you know kind of throw throw him into that role and just want him to be the playmaker for his teammates and for himself that that could go south. But I mean, like you said, it's kind of Detroit is, you know, they are what they are right now. They have this generational talent or a guy who's supposed to be this generational talent. Like you might want to just give him the rock and say, you know, this is your team now. Do your thing. That's true. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I think that that's honestly, if that was me, I would that be my bet. Just give the kid the rock. He's mm-hmm. he's shown talent and keep it going. Anything else that jumped out from you from summer league? Your Celtics had a nice performance. Peyton Pritchard is like the summer league darling. Um, yeah, how, you were probably happy during that. It was good to keep that basketball rolling for you in Boston there. Yeah, it was. It was nice. Um, it, you know, I was excited. I'm always excited for summer league anyway because it's just bonus kind of Celtics games in the summer but it was also cool this year I thought it was unique because you know aside from when I got to watch Jalen and Jason a few years back dominate the summer league it's usually a a bunch of nobodies you know playing for your team especially if your team's competitive all your best guys obviously aren't going to play but the Celtics are in this weird tweener position where Guys like Peyton Pritchard, Aaron Neesmith, who got notable playoff minutes this past season. Yeah, that's true. Romeo Lankford, too. Like, th- those guys were literally playing against the Brooklyn Nets, you know, a few months mm-hmm. back. And now they're, they're playing in the summer league. And so you don't usually get that type of talent to watch during the summer league, at least for your your own team across the board. So that was, that was nice to watch. And then I got to see a few of the newcomers um, for the Celtics, too. And, hey, I mean, they were – you know, head and shoulders above everyone else in the summer league. They were the best team until that championship game where they absolutely just flopped against uh, the Kings. Listen, Davion, he's locked down, bro. We didn't, we yeah, knew, but we didn't know. He got co-MVP, Davion Mitchell, that is, and his team, the Kings, won the summer league championship. The other MVP with him is Cam Thomas. Hang the banner. That. Yeah, Hang right, the they banner. might as well. <laughs> they might as well, dude. So but, uh, yeah, overall, I was you know I was I was excited to watch the Celts. Peyton Pritchard was electric, as you uh, alluded to. But yeah, you gotta. I mean, dude, watching watching that championship game with Davion Mitchell. Whew! I mean, he is looking more and more just like a beautiful pick at number nine, I believe the Kings selected him this year. Um, yeah, he. Talk about Jalen and Cade. Like this, this dude looks. This dude looks league ready. As far as, you know, summer league, like you said, it's better not to react at all. But uh, if I'm overreacting about someone, I honestly think it's Davion Mitchell. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I, I was going to say, I was 
the comment popped up out here and I was like, I know exactly who this is and who yep. it's going to be. And it was Stevie hyping up Davey. Yes, Stevie. This is just for you, honestly. We put the, the Davey on in the notes. We were like, this is just for Stevie to get excited about. Uh, Cam Thomas also unfair on the Brooklyn Nets. He's going to be yeah. ridiculous. He's going to have a bigger role than people think. And he's not going to have to do shit but fill it up. A great pick for them. He had a fun summer league. All right, but overall in the summer, we've seen the league, like we said at the beginning, the league shifted not with big, gigantic moves, but a bunch of little moves all over the place. All these contenders, I mean, all these contenders and teams that want to be contenders making these big moves to, you know, it, it was wide open this year. I mean, really, like, the, obviously the Nets were favorites, the Lakers were favorites, and they're going to go into this season as the favorites again. But mm-hmm. we saw in the playoffs, we saw how it played out during the year. Injuries always can be a thing. And that the league really is as solid as it is ever. And in both the East and the West, like the teams from two to seven, three to seven, that range can be yeah. pretty much interchanged a lot of ways. And so these little signs are going to make a huge difference. What was the team that intrigued you the most this summer with the moves they made and that you're excited Ooh. about going into the year? That's tough. Honestly, I have – I'm going to do it. I'm going to say my boss. I, mean, I have another pick. I'm going to say my Boston Celtics. Oh, you can leave with the Celtics. That's fine. Because you, you use that word, though, intriguing. I think everything – I don't know for sure, you know, which way the needle's really moving. Or it, it's moving in the right direction, but I don't know, you know, at what rate and if it's really going to make that much of a difference what happened this summer. I hope it does. It seems like it will. But at the very least, it's interesting, intriguing, you know, kind of like – what you said there just because you know we got we have the old head coach go to gm we bring in this defensive minded head coach who also who already has a very good rapport with the jays and marcus smart and a few others on the team you bring back guys like ennis Cantor and al horford who you know a lot of people question the al horford move he's washed up who cares you know if he's beloved by boston celtics fans then you bring in ennis Cantor, who we you know, allegedly or apparently just gave a rental to the Portland Trailblazers and then took them back, you know, kind of less than a season later. We bring in Dennis Schroeder. We bring in Josh Richardson, who we just extended the other day. So, you know, clearly the coaches, they want defense. They want some three and D guys. They want to surround the Jays with the absolute most they can. They re-signed Marcus Smart. They re-signed Rob Williams. Um, so, you know, at the very least, it's intriguing. Like you said, I think the Celts are going to be a lot better defensively this year. But as you mentioned, they're going to need to be because how deep this Eastern Conference is. Two to seven, like you said, like it's it's really anyone's guess who gets one of those spots in the playoffs this year in the East. It is similar out West. I think we're going to have a very competitive league this year. But that leads me into my second team. And I'm going to say the Chicago Bulls. Because mm, at the very at the very least at the very least they shook it up. Right. They they brought in Lonzo Ball. I think yeah. people are sleeping on that duo of Lonzo Ball and Zach Levine because you know, Lonzo's probably one of the best passers already in this league. He can throw the half court oop, he can throw nearly a full court oop, and then you have one of the best high flyers in the league in Zach Levine. Mm. And he can go up and get any ball that Lonzo Ball is going to pass him. And then they bring in DeMar DeRozan. They already have Vucevic. 
I I think Chicago is also really intriguing just because, you know, that, that clear starting five roster that they're trying to make elite. And then, as we already know, they have some great youngsters in Patrick Williams and Colby White. The thing I like about you said like Ball and Levine, especially, is Levine showed for Team USA he has like a ceiling defensively that no one wanted to give. Like he didn't have it before. He was he really didn't try on defense, and now he's like trying and putting effort, realizing he's six six and can move like crazy. And he, they have a real opportunity to be a great defensive backcourt, and that's gonna help help alongside DeRozan, who's never been a great defender and obviously is on the older and not older, but he's he's not a young guy anymore. And it'll help them kind of hide those deficiencies. We know the potential that Patrick Williams has defensively. I mean, that mm-hmm. dude could be a wrecker potentially. And they kind of need that. Vucevic is fine. Like I think Vucevic gets I think Vucevic gets ripped on too much for his defense. I think that it's caught a little too far, but he's not a good defender either. He's just right. He is what he is. So that is a really a really interesting team. And I think that they just added a lot of good pieces. And everyone's like, what does this do for them in the long run? Like, people have to remember, it's not always about, like, making the move to win a title right now. Levine's deal is up in a year. He can be a free agent after next year. And what if the Bulls came out and were like, we're going to build around you and bring you good players. And worse comes to worse, if it goes, like, horribly this year, they can trade Zach Levine at the trade deadline. And they have they could get a bunch of other pieces to put with solid players still on this that are going to be on this roster. I mean, Levine's going to get you a haul if you get rid of him this year, and then you still have Lonzo, DeRozan, and Vucevic that you're building around with whatever you would get from a Levine trade. I think that they're set up great. I mean, I, I don't think they want to trade Levine. I'm not even saying that. But I'm saying worst-case scenario, this team is, you know, hanging around a 9-10 seed, and the rumors are starting to trickle out that Levine wants out. They're positioned to kind of do a lot of different things this year. And I think that flexibility is what's been overlooked about the Bulls. Yeah, I think I think you're exactly right too, and that that is basically the extent of their flexibility, though. Because That's if true. I remember correctly, I don't think they have many draft picks uh, for no. the next couple of years. But like you said, I mean, you have you already have a great core in DeRozan, Lonzo, and Vooch. Just that that three alone is alone is very good. So if you do have to move Levine, or if you won't resign. You have that core, and then at least if you don't have the draft draft picks, you still have the young guys who were your previous draft picks and Colby White and Patrick Williams, and they're both great, great, great talents. For and uh, in the whatever, the, whatever the fucking dude's name is, Io, I don't remember his last name or how to pronounce it, but they got a kid from Illinois. They, I mean, if Kobe, if he outperforms Kobe too, that's yeah. another piece. One of them can move too. So they've, they've got. I know they're already trying to move Lori Marketing, so I don't really consider him in the mix. But I mean, hey, if you can get some picks back for a guy like Lori Marketing, exactly. You know, they have some wiggle room. They have a lot of talent. I, I liked uh, what the Bulls did this summer. Definitely caught my eye. Well, my team is none other than the Golden State Warriors. I don't know Ooh. if this is just because, like, I'm projecting a little bit and just feel like. I loved, like, when the Warriors were at their peak without Durant. I mean, Durant Warriors was fun to stay up and watch. But the 15-16 Warriors just going off, and you get the like the tweets, Steph going off, or, uh, like, he's five for five on threes, or Clay's going off. That potential to see that again, like, catching that little lightning in a bottle, is just too much for me to, to pass up with just, just the fact with Clay coming back. Besides that, though, we've talked about this on the last podcast, pretty sure. 
them bringing in Moody and Kaminga and trying to like thread the needle with these young guys who can complement their current core. We don't know, like these are hit or miss guys. And even going to Wiseman, Wiseman's been hit or miss so far to start. Not saying that hit or miss, like I think they're all going to be solid pros no matter what. Maybe not all stars, but they're all going to be solid starters. They're hit, or miss, they're hit or miss on their ceilings because I think exactly. a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them have very high expectations. They kind of already have name, names for themselves. So, yeah. Yeah, we've been following, like, Moses Moody was on, he played with Kate Cunningham. <laughs> I mean, he was on that team. Jonathan Kaminga, we've been hearing about Jonathan Kaminga as a top five pick. He fell out of the top five for, like, three years, though. And, obviously, James Wiseman has been one of the most touted prospects when he was coming out of high school, too. Like, mm-hmm. the, the pedigree of these guys as, like, McDonald's All-Americans, prospects coming into college, everything, regardless of the question marks, they, they're highly touted in that in that regard so they're not going to be asked to do a lot like this team is we this team is going to be Steph Curry dominant no matter what even Clay and Draymond know that like they are the compliments to Steph Curry so how can these young guys kind of mold and fit and be effective right away because like Kuminga is a guy that they've never had on the roster the kind of athleticism he brings the closest thing they've had is like a Harrison Barnes or Andrew Wiggins who's still on this team too and that's the thing too Wiggins kind of protects them from those really big moments they can kind of use the young guys in spurts and where they need to. And if they're hot one night, you know, get them in for a big time situation, give them a taste. But Wiggins, Wiggins is one of those guys too, where when we talked about Vucevic earlier, like he's become too much. People have hated on him too much where now he's kind of needs to come back to like, he's a very good NBA player. He's just not the superstar potential. We all thought he was going to be. And they brought back, go ahead. I was just going to say, isn't it kind of funny how Andrew Wiggins is like gone full circle like that? Like, <laughs> he was the next LeBron or uh, Carmelo. I can't remember. It was him and Jabari Park, and they were both supposed to be the next LeBron and uh, Melo. Obviously, that didn't pan out. He's been a great no, player in the sleep, but now, now, like, we're at the point where he's all reliable on the Warriors to bail out, you know, th- this core of Steph, Clay, and Draymond. If if they need some just solid play from from their other role players, like that's what that's what Andrew Wiggins is now mm-hmm. in his career. Went from you know cover a Slam magazine in high school, gonna be the next LeBron to this. Which you know I'm not hating on him. He's made a career you know out of it, and it's just it's just fine. That's where we're at with Andrew Wiggins. Yep, it always comes full. The takes the takes can always come full circle. We need to create like a document of like take history and just figure it out because it, I feel like especially guys like that are like middle above average guys in the league. We just, we, it just cycles around. It's like, Oh, they're incredible, amazing guys. Oh, they're not good enough. Limited can't win a title with them on the team. And it'll just keep coming around. I mean, I, I don't know. I just really interested with the team building they're doing the infrastructure that they have. They think that they could develop young guys with whatever they've got there in the culture Great guy to learn from in this locker room now, even for Wiggins. I mean, bringing Iguodala back is incredible for this team. Like, we well, know so how that, close of – go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that their only real loss was Kelly Oubre Jr. leaves, mm-hmm. and they bring in Iggy. So and it's Otto like, Porter, too. Oh, true. I've even and Otto Porter, Otto Porter. I mean, Otto Porter, he's had trouble staying on the court. His best thing is going to be if he can be healthy. But if he's healthy, he's really helpful to this team. And he shoots like 39% from three, too. Like, he's going to help gonna them say, in a he, lot of he ways. He could have a Sean Livingston role on this Warriors team. 
where he just comes in. He can he can hit that mid-range post just like Livingston could. As you mentioned, he's a better shooter than people really give him credit for. Uh, he's, he's a crafty guy. He's just kind of slow. And, you know, I feel like he hit a real big decline after his Washington Wizards days. But as we know, if you're playing with guys like Stephen Clay, you really don't have to do that much if you can score the ball. Those, those guys will find you open. And if not, they'll be making tough shots and kind of carry you. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you lose a guy like Ubre who didn't really fit on this team anyway, and then you bring in Iggy, who you know is just been a hero on this team over the last decade, and then you bring in a guy like Otto Porter. So, I mean, not really too much of a loss there. And on paper, it looks like a notable loss, but not really if you're this Golden State team. Yeah. So it's it's, and I think. That's like the the main crux of this is that they have a roster that I think would be a playoff contender, potential title contender if things break right without Moody or Kaminga. Like if they would have done like package the deal and got one guy or did whatever. But Mm -hmm. I think now with those guys involved and they're just such unknown quantities, like everybody, the best, we're not, I'm not a draft expert by any stretch of the imagination, obviously, but even the best draft experts are just projecting. If these guys come out, and life is just easy for them because they're playing with two of the greatest shooters of all time and one of the most versatile players in Draymond, they could be really dangerous. Like, you could see Kaminga going off of these, like, 20-point-a-night games where he's just going off of back cuts, like, because Steph's getting doubled at the perimeter and he's just a beast down lower. Moody's, you know, on a tear and shooting 45% from three and from the corner and stuff like that. And at worst, he's, like, a really energetic 3-and-D guy. We'll see. This team has caught magic before. They've surprised people with this group before, and I just refuse to count out Steph Curry from having an impact on the title race again. Speaking Clay, of Steph Curry, go ahead. No, yeah, Clay is supposed to return Christmas too, which is around or around Christmas. Around Day. Christmas, yeah, yeah. So that's that's also just something to keep in mind with this squad. Um, that's obviously a huge, huge factor. Yeah. Um, to have, where their success begins. Obviously, great that it's not later than that. And they're probably, you know, we're counting down the days to October 19th, the start of the season. The Warriors are probably counting down the days to that. And then also Christmas time because they need their splash bro back. Yes, sir. Speaking of that, the happy hour hoopers of the summers, we're honoring the people that we've, we've had all these summers. Everybody leaves, all the player movement. We're honoring the people that stayed home this summer. Yes. Those are our happy hour hoopers of the summer. Steph. Four years, two fifteen. Kawhi, four years, one eighty one with the Clippers. KD, four year, one ninety eight with the Nets. He's staying. Luca with his five year max, staying in Dallas. Your boy Marcus Smart, four years, yes. seventy seven million. Marcus staying. Robert Williams, too, four years, fifty four million. Yes. And then Terry Rozier getting his money too. Ooh, out in Charlotte, talk about he that. He got the max. I know. Scary Terry, ninety seven mil. Anything surprise you? Anything where you're just happy to see like players signed max deals staying and like mm. now that we're gonna get like these are all between Boston, Charlotte, maybe in a couple years, the Mavs are gonna wanna be pushing that door to get to like a conference final final soon. And then yeah, obviously yeah. the Nets, Warriors, and Clippers. I mean Kawhi's hurt this year, so that's different, but those three teams have been buying for titles for the last couple of years. Isn't it great to see the league just kind of loading up on their own? I liked it. Yeah. No, I, I liked it a lot. The The biggest thing, I think, just by – especially just looking at this list that we're honing in on, 
Kevin Durant signing a four-year extension, not only is it, you know, approaching $200 million, which is, again, very deserved. He's, you know, we don't have to, you know, talk about KD's credentials, obviously, when it comes to getting an extension. But the four years, that, that makes me think Kevin Durant is going to be a Brooklyn net until he retires. Wow. And obviously I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that he only has four years left. I think there's another extension somewhere in there, but I was surprised. I honestly thought that it might be just a one year or a two year deal with a fat contract because I mean, you know, no disrespect, but that's kind of been KD's thing. He played in OKC. Yeah. He got out of there. He, you know, he maybe he thought he was getting complacent. He went to Golden State. He won the championships. Wasn't enough. You know, had his beef with Draymond, whatever that is. Goes to Brooklyn. First season doesn't work out where him, Kai, and Harden are together and they don't get a championship. So, you know, I thought that he might do a one, two-year deal, four-year, almost $200 million. I think that means KD might be a net until he retires. Wow. Damn. I wasn't even thinking about it. Like, maybe it it does seem like we've we've always wondered where he was going to jump to next and now he's kind of tied there the nets are pretty sure that you know Kyrie and Harden are locking in too pretty soon so that's yeah. going to be the core for the time being and that's that's what i mean that's what this summer kind of showed me is like we've seen i feel like maybe 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 we've seen like the peak at least for a couple cuz NBA goes in waves right like we had the peak of player movement, and now we're at this point where there's so much talent that there's going to be enough to be spread out among these guys, and they're going to be trying to hold on to it. Like, I don't know what the next yeah. super team forming somewhere is going to be. We've always had the rumors of Booker and Towns going and meeting somewhere, That's but that's still at least three years away with Booker's contract in Phoenix right now and Towns in Minnesota. But other than that, like, the old guys are, are staying put. They just want their bread, like – KD's there for four years. LeBron's still in the middle of a deal. With, he just signed an extension not too long ago. Um, Kawhi's obviously staying. Steph's obviously staying. Like The elite that we have been used to over the last 10 years are staying put. So we're just going to see going forward what it looks like. Um, I'm, just, I'm really intrigued um, about this year just because of how wide open it's going to be. And I think that this summer kind of solidified that. Team's just loading up because everybody thinks they got a chance at the title here. But we are going to get into it. This is our first time we have done this segment. We're going to start every – we're going to go in every episode with a little Thursday night debate. Wednesday – if you oh. ever seen Family Guy, that's the that's the thing I want to play right now is the Monday night debate thing when Lois is running for mayor. Classic, yes, classic episode. <laughs> classic, classic episode. I'm gonna, we're going to have to start getting that ready after this episode because yeah, that's what – that no, we honestly, I think me and you are, I don't know, we've never actually talked about this, but I know for a fact we're both probably have seen most Family Guy episodes multiple times. Yes. And we should be incorporating Family Guy more often into this show. I think we could do it pretty easily. And that, that will be a ways with this debate. Thursday night debate. We're starting off this week. As you can see, our background here, two former friends, Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, now on opposite coasts. And I've posed the question in our document earlier. Who will end up higher on your all-time list? Stephen Curry of the Golden State Warriors or Kevin Durant 
of the Brooklyn Nets. Donnie, I'm giving you the honor to start this. I want to see where you, I want to see out of nowhere you I actually we didn't write down neither of us wrote down anything. So we don't know no, where we we're coming from. I've been, takes. Since since you brought this to my attention, it has been <laughs> pinball or, in your brain. Yeah, it's been a game of ping pong in my brain all day, just back and forth. KD Steph, who is it? Who's going to have who ends up higher? All on the all-time list, Steph or KD? Whew. So I've thought about it. I did come to my decision uh, probably a couple hours ago at this point now. It's going to be Kevin Durant for me. Mm. I think okay. I think just the type of player he was, the scorer he was, just the, the prototype of a basketball player that, you know, this this dude was literally like, if a someone was to build the just the best prototype basketball player in a lab, that's Kevin Durant. That's that's, that's the true. Durantula, and he's you know he's got the championships now with Golden State. He's you know he's prepped and primed to win a few more, probably a handful more, if the Nets really play their cards right and lock down Kyrie Irving and James Harden. So he could end up with the championship, you know, the championships over Steph. I don't think he will, if I'm being honest. I think Steph might have that edge. But I think KD is just like, I mean, how long has it been that we've just been saying, you know, LeBron's the best player in this league. And now that conversation's starting to die down. But that's a, a rarity because the last 10 years, it's been LeBron's league. And the only guy who ever comes close when the debates got brought up before, until now, obviously, there's the Giannis's, the Lucas, who might be the new face. But Kevin Durant was always that one dude who just stayed in the conversation. And everyone's like, what about KD? What about KD? You know, he can do everything Braun can do. I just think, you know, his impact on the game, his scoring, how fantastic he's been since a young age. The things he's able to do with the basketball, some of the playoff games we saw this summer. I I just think, I don't know. I think KD can just do it, and he's going to have the better legacy when it's all said and done. It's hard to argue with Kevin Durant, really. Like, he could end up, I mean, depending on how many titles he ends up winning in Brooklyn. Mm. He's already got two. He could end up maybe four, maybe three or four. And maybe, you know, ends up, if he plays for a long time, on those scoring lists up next near LeBron, on those kinds of lists. That being said, I was hoping you'd pick Kevin Durant because I have to go with Steph Curry. Yeah, and I like I think, I think, I think the way that I'm going to do, I'm going like negative attack ad here because I think that Steph gets knocked down pegs for reasons that we hold that are like super arbitrary basketball wise like the fact that he hasn't won a finals mvp fair andre iguodala won a finals mvp for holding 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 lebron to like 35 points a game and almost damn near triple double like yes sure that that's fine steph didn't have that greatest series but he was still the force behind that team yeah steph would have won finals mvp in 2016 if they win that's that's not even close. He was the best player in that series outside of LeBron and Kyrie. He was he was doing everything he could. It was there was the Draymond 
factor that really, really affected them in that series. And the thing that I will never let go, especially when it comes to this debate, and it's always the thing that I will try to bring up, is that Kevin Durant went to went to Stephen Curry's team. And yeah. the thing about that is, obviously, they were just the best team. They won 73 games. It fit perfectly. The cap had spiked. He could really go anywhere in the world. He just wanted to win. He was tired of not winning titles, wanted to feel what that was like. It was basketball Nirvana. They were talking about all this shit. And it, it looked, I mean, it was beautiful. I mean, it was some of the most beautiful basketball I've ever seen played. But the reason Kevin Durant's in Brooklyn and not Golden State right now is because all those years while Kevin, how great he was, he won those finals, MVPs, all that, it was always going to be Steph. And I just think that there's some kind of magnitude about what Steph has been able to do in the sport of basketball the last six years that's changed how we think about the game of basketball. Like, oh, yeah. That team went 73-9 and nine because they kind of shocked everybody's system. And then – it, it's just become normal now. Like teams are just bombing away. Like we've got dudes pulling up from logos in games, like Dame's pulling up from a logo to eliminate the thunder in a series. Like these things weren't yeah, happening yeah. before. They Exactly. These things weren't happening before Steph Curry. I think no impact that impact three titles. And if they get one more, if they get one more without KD, I just think it's I think it's a wrap. I think that that's and maybe they beat Katie. If it if it comes down to a Nets Warriors finals in this year or next year or any time, like that'll be the probably in most people's minds the deciding factor. I just think I, I just think Kevin has been blessed physically and I'm holding that against him in this because what Steph does as a six three guard, thirty years old, he's gonna be doing it for ten more years because he's the greatest shooter of all time. Yep. I just got to do it. It's like slight though. Like they're going to end up like seven and eight, you know, six and seven. Like they're going to be right with each other. And I think that going forward as we, as we, you know, we start getting older and talk about the good old days of basketball and everything, these two are going to have to be talked about together, like no matter what. And I, I love all the storylines of Nets Lakers this year. I mean, obviously yeah. there's a lot of connections there, but we still haven't dealt with our Nets Warriors. Like we really have like that is – Nets Lakers would be ultimate NBA finals, whatever, but Nets Warriors would really bring it home because it would just answer a lot of questions that we've had about basketball for the last couple of years, I feel like. Yeah. And, you know, during that, during that very compelling argument that you made, you, (laughs) you brought something to my attention where I did say that I do think Steph is going to have more rings and I, I still said I think KD will be, you know, the higher player on the list as far as all time goes. I will say this. If Kevin Durant doesn't win another ring, this is – without Steph, this is easily Steph Curry yeah. has to be. I think yeah. that – I think that if I'm picking Durant, that is fair and it needs to be said. If KD doesn't win another, I don't care if it's with Kyrie and James, whatever. that You know, that's his team right now. That's besides the point. If he doesn't win another one without – Stephen Curry, debates over. Steph's higher all the time. That's just like like you said. He went to Steph's team. That was a great point. That's you know that's that's what almost swung me there. But the I, I will most, I will hold true to Durant. But he does need that ring. Well, that's like that's the thing is you can make both those arguments, right? Like they beat LeBron. LeBron like LeBron 
LeBron is like the third person. Like this could be a triple threat match, and that that's like who defines the last ten years. But it's interesting because you can make that argument about Steph and Katie. Like Steph has the one without Katie, obviously. But everybody's like the legacy for what the Warriors are trying to do right now is win one without KD, and KD is legacy is win one without the Warriors, and it's like they're just mm. intertwined forever, and we're only two years removed from it, from it happening, and really like we haven't seen the Warriors actually been able to put up a fight because of the thing what happened to Clay, and that's been yeah. the most the most tragic thing is we haven't seen them like be able to give a counter punch, and that's why I'm so excited if Clay can come back and be effective and be like healthy and this team can be good and, and a title contender again, the storyline of a Warriors Nets potential finals, or even just a Warriors Lakers conference finals, like step, I don't doubt that man to put them in that position with an actual team around him. I just, I can't, he's, he's, he's proven it too many times that he can fill it up. And if then yeah. the think about, thing about clay is we saw katie come back and katie's obviously an alien and that's like a different factor but what does clay really need to do like it's not like he was like a bouncy guy it's not like he needed to like get above the rim or anything he's gonna get to his spots he might slip a little bit on defense with those injuries but i feel like he can come back and be effective that's what makes this this year interesting the most most interesting to me so now we're gonna go in to our last segment is the NBA Finals matchup of the week. I'm going to keep track of this in like a nice little document. We're going to keep following it along the whole year. I'll go with mine first. I think Dunny might be frozen here. It's kind of looking like it a little bit. So we're going to – yeah, Dunny is Dunny is frozen there. So you know what? We're going to wrap up the podcast here. Next week, when we start our division previews, we will give our – oh, we got Dunny back. I was just going to wrap the podcast because you were missing, but we can give our NBA Finals matchup of the week if you would like here. Ooh. Did you already do yours? I didn't. I I, I can start. So I said we're going to keep an X. We're going to keep a sheet of this. I'm going to make an XL and see who we pick every week. I'm sure it'll be the same. A lot of times we might change it up a little bit and see where we end up at the end of the year. If we ever were right, maybe we were wrong the whole time. I just feel like that would be interesting. (laughs) So NBA finals of the week, I will start. And I didn't really bury the lead. I've been talking about it. Golden State Warriors, Brooklyn Nets. That is my Mm. NBA finals. I'm going with it. Uh, I just laid it all out for you guys. I'm just trying to manifest it because I think that would be the – as much as I love – I'm turning on my boy LeBron, a Lakers-Nets finals would be incredibly fun too. LeBron and Kyrie, KD and James against Russ, Anthony Davis hanging out, you know, just, just kind of watching all that chaos unfold. But I want the Warriors thing to be settled once and for all in an NBA finals against each other. What about you? What's your NBA finals of the week? Ooh. Now I kind of want to do something different because it's the first week that we're starting this. I will go. I will take your guy, LeBron. Ooh. I will take the Los Angeles Lakers in the West, but against the defending champs, Milwaukee mm. Bucks. And going back to the finals, LeBron versus Giannis is my finals matchup of the week this week. The Lakers would have to sign back a Costas. Or Thanasis, whichever you yeah. because they let him go. There was like people were making jokes, like right after, right after the Bucks signed uh, 
signed Giannis. They're like, all right, we don't need this Antetokounmpo on our roster anymore. They have to bring him back, though, just for the mental edge. All right, so we've got two. We've got all different teams for the first one. Let's see how we do. Uh, let's see how we do next time. All right, that'll do it for this version of Javier Hoops. We recap the summer here. Stay tuned with us all year long. We're gonna mm. be coming with some previews as we are. It's right around the corner with next week September. I mean, I don't even know how the hell that happened, but so basketball starting up in October, right around the corner, and we'll be covering it as always. Follow us. Spotify, Apple, YouTube, Twitch, wherever you get your podcast, you can follow us. Uh, follow us at Happy Hour Hoops One on our social media platforms. Follow at Trainwreck Sports for covering everything. We're going to be covering everything NBA, great NFL, Bills coverage, uh, free money football, degenerate danger zone, giving you bets all the time. And uh, we keep it locked here, covered with everything. Uh, let's let's get it. We got summer. We're ready for hoops coming up. I don't need it to be just yet. Not gonna lie. Still can take this a little bit of six more weeks. Much as I love it, we are on a marathon. We got we can enjoy some football for a little bit more, but we can still be here talking about everything, getting ready for the season. Appreciate you. Have a great night, folks. Later.